Hi, this is a special surprise Monday mini episode. This is the first of a series of talks that I will be doing live focused on how you are still stuck. I'm Justin Sinceri, a licensed marriage and family therapist. This one in particular is about uh, stories and was originally done through live stream on a new audio app called Wisdom. It's like Clubhouse in the sense that it gives or it is live talks from people and you can just drop in live to listen. The app also gives the ability to request to come on and to speak or ask questions with the speaker. So it's something I'm experimenting with. So far I'm liking it, but I would really like to know what you think as a potential new addition to my content creation flow. I, I kind of want to know what you think about it. A chance to test it out with me is this upcoming Thursday the 2nd. During this next Thursday at 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Pacific time, I'm going to be talking about how your support system and and or your isolation keep you stuck. And I, again, I'll definitely be leaving some time for q and I love q and So find and download Wisdom and find my tag, which is, of course, Justin LMFT. But here is the first part of the series that I recorded already here for you to enjoy on this special Monday mini episode. Stories, when I say stories, what I'm specifically talking about, there's different kinds of stories, but I'm really, I want to address the conscious thoughts that we have in our mind. So the words in our mind. So the other stories could be just things that pop into your mind, like explanations or memories, images. To me, those count as stories. I'm really focusing on the words, the beliefs, those, those kind of things. Okay. So the words, the focus here, uh, you know, we, usually when we talk about thoughts. Really, that's what we're talking about is thoughts. We talk about thought replacement. And in my field, in the therapy field, at least working in the more medical model of it, like in the county mental health, the more government level, um, nonprofit kind of level, there's a very medical model of things. And they, they think that if we can just change the way people think, then they'll, the behavior problems or their symptoms will alleviate. And there might be some truth in that. I mean, I don't think it's invaluable, but that to me, that's always been a very slow way of making change in a very clumsy way. It's hard to just like switch up your thoughts. It's really hard to do that. Things like, well, just stop thinking that way, or you got to think more positively, or you got to find more gratitude. And there might be some value in that, but that is not the answer. Um, So just changing your thoughts, in my opinion, is not super helpful, unless you can do it. The problem is that, our thoughts are not there on their own. Our thoughts come there from our polyvagal state. And this is the concept of story follows state. So the state of our autonomic nervous system kind of dictates what our thoughts or the flavor of what our thoughts will be. Each of us has our own unique, individual, wonderful thoughts, but the flavor of them will absolutely follow the, the flavor, the tone of our autonomic nervous system. So For example, if we're in a safe and social state, and you have to have some kind of understanding of polyvagal theory here, but if you're in a safe and social state, your thoughts will be empathetic. Your thoughts will be understanding. Your thoughts will be motivated and belief in yourself, uh, belief in other people. You'll see the good in people. You'll you'll think generally just more positively. If you're you're in more of like a flight uh, anxiety kind of energy or state, your thoughts are going to be more, and, and fight as well, more based around fear, and identifying danger, blame, avoiding responsibility, those kinds of things. And if you're in a shutdown state, your thoughts will be more 
um, about how worthless things are or about how pointless things are. So your thoughts come from your polyvagal state. They come from the state of your autonomic nervous system. So just addressing the thoughts can be helpful, but really what we're talking about is addressing the state of your body, like the entirety of your body and how prepared for safety or danger you are. Really, that's kind of what it comes down to. So your thoughts might not be the primary issue. Your state, in my opinion, is the primary issue. There's different types of stories, though. I mean, we're focusing on the word type of stories, but there are different types of stories. And these stories might sound, might be like of your own value of who you are as a human being, your worth. Like you might have stories around that. You might have stories around how worthless you are, or maybe how great you are. So it could totally be these like polar extremes based on what state you're in and the intensity of what state you're in. And both of these have pitfalls and neither of them are probably true. Stories don't always have to be true. And in a lot of cases, I think they're just flat out wrong, but not always. I don't think they're always wrong. So your, your stories may be about your own value, your own worth. You might have stories about um, the thing that happened and like your explanation for it. So it's my fault that fill in the blank. I shouldn't have fill in the blank. Um, if I didn't do this, then this wouldn't have happened or that wouldn't have happened. If I was a better kid, then my parents would have. And fill in the blank for all these. I, I can't tell you what this what that is for you. So your your stories might be about the thing that happened, and your brain is trying to explain or give an answer for uh, what ha- is happening within you, your state, in the context of the thing that happened, or maybe the things that didn't happen. Your story could also your stories could be about blame or avoidance. Like I'm like this because of you. I'm like this because of some context, some whatever it is. Your stories could be about uh, like the possibilities of change. So I may say, hey, you can do it and you can make change in life. And if you're in a shutdown state, you're going to go to, no, you, you can. Somebody else can. That doesn't apply to me. So your stories about the possibilities of change will change based on what state you are in. Uh, the story follows state, this is this is like centerpiece, not centerpiece, it's a very integral part of the polyvagal theory. I do have a polyvagal 101 course on my website. It's called justinlmft.com. Um, it, like if you're brand new to polyvagal theory, the course introduces you to, actually it's a deep dive, it's not an introduction, it's a deep dive. It's the core pieces all in one place. You can find this stuff for free. My podcast has all kinds of free polyvagal stuff on it. It's based in it, but it's a whole bunch of information. The course Polyvagal 101 condenses it all into one online class on justinlmft.com. And it's really like the, the story stuff, when it comes to learning polyvagal theory, when it comes to learning the, the idea of story follow state, this is really like, it's not just knowledge. This is, to me, this is like foundational. If you can learn this stuff, the amount of self-judgment, the amount of self-blame that you have toward yourself, that can go down. Like learning these new pieces it's like every time someone learns this, like, like my clients in therapy or people who write to me, you know, after hearing the podcast, they say, you know, I learned the political theory. I learned story, false state. I learned these different pieces and it just like, it's normalizing. It makes sense. So having that top down new story or new narrative for who you are and how you are can really reduce the intensity of your stuck defensive state, which I think all of us have some level of of a stuck defensive state. So these defensive thoughts, what happens, and this is how it connects to polyvagal theory. 
well, first off, it, it, it the thoughts in our mind come from the state that we're in. But what happens is the thoughts in our mind, it's like it communicates with the brainstem and the body also communicates with the brainstem. We say the you know body to the brain, brain to the body, but really, if you want to take it to the next level, it's brain to brain, the top brain to brainstem, body to brainstem. And the brainstem is where like really primitive neuroception level stuff is happening and those bodily shifts are taking place. So our cognitive thoughts, the brain, our, the, the words in our brain are actually sending a signal to our body. Yeah. But the pass through is the brain stem. So really like that's, that's what's happening. That's how this connects to political theories because the top down thoughts are a, a cue of safety or danger. And that affects what political state we're in. So changing our thoughts. Yeah, that could be helpful. But it's really hard. It's really hard to start there. Usually the the effect of changing your state is that your thoughts change along with it. But that's how this kind of connects. So you can do self-regulation from the body up to the brainstem, meaning you can, you know, feel into your stuck defensive state and then like really feel it mindfully and do something. Like it could be a creative, it could be singing, it could be a deep breath, it could be pushing against the wall. I don't know, like whatever it is that you need in that moment. And that can send signals of release or discharge or safety to your brainstem. But your thoughts also send a signal to your brainstem. And when you're, when you're coming from this like defensive state, the, the thoughts end up just reinforcing the state that you're in. So they come from your political state, but they also reinforce your political state. It's, it's like this cycle. It's a very frustrating kind of cycle. And they end up reinforcing each other. So being in the state brings the thoughts, story follows state, but then the thoughts also reinforce the state. It kind of keeps you stuck there. It re- reinforces the stuckness. So if you're in like a fight state, uh, maybe you're like in, in an argument with your spouse or, or something like that. From a fight state, the thought is going to be, it's my spouse's fault that we're in an argument. It's not about me. It's about them. They're terrible. And it's their fault that I feel this way. So you see how the thoughts reinforce the fact that you're already in that like angry fight state and the thoughts come from that. And then it sends these cues back down to the body of like, yeah, <laughs> you're right to be tense. You're right to be heated because it is their fault. There's, there, there is the danger. And that sends the signal right back down to your body. So it's this like feedback loop uh, from brain to body, body to brain through the brainstem. And it's like this, um, it's frustrating. It's obviously a frustrating kind of loop there. And this can end up taking away from somebody's responsibility, like their, their, their role in the situation. Your thoughts keep you stuck through that cycle, but then it also like absolves you of responsibility for being a part of the solution. Because if it's the other person's fault, it's up to them to make the solution, right? And that takes away the responsibility from you. And I think everybody's responsible for their part in their life, right? And so that takes away the responsibility to shift your own behavior, to shift your own state, and it really, it actually gives up, gives power to the other person. If your well-being is dependent upon somebody else, that gives them a lot of power. So if, if it's their fault that you feel the way you feel, it's also their, it's up to them in your mind maybe to get you out of that feeling. And that gives them way too much power. So that ends up keeping you stuck. All right, that keeps that individual stuck. Now, of course, two people, two spouses, two friends, whoever it is, we all bear responsibility. We all, we all have to do what we need to do, our part in making change, right? But we don't control the people, so it, it ultimately starts with us. So the solution here to, to all this is the solution is 
to actually feel into your stuck defensive state, flight, fight, shut down, freeze, as much as you can. It's not easy, not easy. But to feel into it mindfully and not just to feel the defensive stuff, but also to feel the safety, the capacity for safety. Because we, we it is there. Like it, it maybe it's hard to access that. Maybe it's hard to feel it. Uh, maybe it's hard to identify what safety even feels like in the first place. But I believe we all have some level of access to it. And so if we can feel, pri- I mean, that's first and foremost is feeling safety. That's, that's a, we have to have that as a foundation. And so this top-down learning is part of that. But identifying what brings our bodies to safety first. And then, as we're ready to, then feel into that stuck defensive state. That's what will help us change our thoughts, our stories. Just addressing the stories can be helpful, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big challenge. Um, thought reframing, like a reframe, can absolutely be helpful. And I think that can be done, like just giving someone a new way of looking at things, that can be helpful. Because uh, it's like, oh, I never thought about that way. I think that can be helpful. It's not really saying, hey, think differently. Hey, be more appreciative. It's saying, well, the, the, way, the way I'm hearing it, if they're open to hearing it, open to listening, as a therapist, usually people are, so the way I'm hearing it is this is what I'm hearing. And it kind of flips it from a different angle. And that can be a, a top-down cue of safety. And it's like, oh, I never thought about it that way. That can definitely be helpful as a way of like a little reframe. And it's like another way of looking at a situation that probably doesn't come from a defensive state. For example, a child's tantrum. This can be viewed as an annoyance. This can be viewed as uh, someone saying, well, the kid's being manipulative. Or it can be viewed as... Uh, a child communicating a need. And I'm not saying either of these is right or wrong, but one of these is going to have a lot less judgment and blame and probably more avenue for uh, change and connection and, and building relationships. So, I mean, that, that can be a, re, it's a simple reframe. Another reframe, and this has really a lot to do with my podcast, Stuck Not Broken, is if someone believes or thinks I am broken and unfixable, that can be reframed as I'm stuck. And I am learning how to get unstuck. So they, they both have a lot to do with the beliefs about the possibility for change. But one of them is a lot more blaming and reinforcing of the stuck defensive state. And the other one is probably more of an avenue for hope and for change. 